up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. Bart, what's up? Hey, not much, Andrew. It's um, it's a special day in the Wheeler household here. It's actually, we're recording on Thursday night, and it's my son's second birthday today. Oh, so yeah. happy birthday. Little guy turned two. <laughs> yeah. We talked about um, we talked about my kids' names on the third base podcast because we were talking about Austin Riley, and I have a daughter named Riley, which was my wife's maiden name, and then Nolan Arenado, and my son is Nolan. Uh, I didn't name him Nolan Ryan, but I definitely definitely brought it up, you know, as a possibility when we were naming kids. And I wanted to ask you, like, think back to when you had to name your kid. Like, it's kind of a stressful thing unless you have like, you know, family names or things that you already have in mind. But I just remember, you know, naming a couple kids can be. I don't know. Kind of tough to <laughs> think about. It's a th- something that they're going to be with for the rest of their life, you know, unless they change it later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I only had one kid, so I only had to <laughs> only had to come up with one name. <laughs> yeah, uh, but mine was easy because I named her after uh, both of my grandmothers who had the same name, yeah. so it was kind of like an obvious one, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we did with my daughter. We we used but maiden name for my for my wife, and then my 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 mother's side, and then but when my son came around, it was kind of like. We looked at all the names and the history, and it was like, gosh, my my wife's side is very Irish, so it's like tons of Michaels and Patricks, and it was like we got like three names to work with, and I just didn't like some of my on my side, so <laughs> we just landed on Nolan. We just liked it, so and Nolan Wheeler sounds like a good baseball name. Oh my god, yeah, starts tossing it around. You well, know? he's two. It's time to get him going, right? <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's never too early. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, this also reminds me of this little Twitter interaction that you and I both had um, with. Uh, one of our followers uh, the other day about yeah. Max Muncy. There's two Max Muncies, uh, yep. and I I knew there was two Max Muncies. You didn't even know that, no, but I did um, not. But Silves, uh, our Twitter follower, informed us that uh, he that not only are there two Max Muncies, but they actually have the same birthday. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and that birthday is also the same day same day as my daughter's birthday. So that's. Uh, that's what made me think of that. <laughs> but a lot of coincidences in that it's tweet. A small there. world, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a you know Max Muncie, the one we all know and love, was born I believe twelve years before Max Muncie, the A's prospect, and Max Muncie, <laughs> the A's prospect, was born I believe thirteen years before my daughter. So every twelve or thirteen years, <laughs> we we get something special. There you go. <laughs> and then when we were when we were updating our rankings before we were. Having the two Diego Castillos and there's there's all these double names, man. There's so many now. It's getting really confusing. I, uh, people need to stop naming their children Taylor or Tyler because <laughs> for some reason every baseball player that's named Taylor or Tyler has a last name that's the same as another Taylor or Tyler, and it just yeah, right. starts to make things really confusing. I I'm, I I managed to survive the whole Taylor. Tyler Trevor Rogers thing like I I got my I wrapped my head around that it was okay but then all of a sudden this like Taylor Ward and Tyler Wade thing both on the Angels like and both like emerging into fantasy relevance in the same week it was like too much for me I couldn't handle that I know well we'll talk about those guys I'm not even sure if I moved the right guy up or not you know (laughs) I'll have to look at it again yeah that's the thing with these Taylors and Tylers man Sometimes they they might get buried in our rankings because they picked the wrong their parents picked the wrong name. I know that's right. Well, you want to go ahead and get into <laughs> yes. It? Let's well, start so doing first some of all, it, it's uh, Thursday, and 
Thursday evening. And as we do on Thursday evening, we've updated our rest of season rankings over at rosrankings.com. So please do go and check that out uh, to see where Bart and I are ranking all of your favorite waiver wire ads uh, for the rest of the season. Um, and yeah, as we do on Thursday nights, tonight's show, we're going to jump into it. We're going to talk about our movers and shakers, the players who have moved up and down our rankings the most in the last week. Uh, and then later on, we will talk about some players where Bart and I don't exactly see eye to eye and have uh, have <laughs> some ranking disputes. Uh, so stick around for that later. Uh, but why don't you get us started, Bart? Why you know some of these movers and shakers, some of the the risers we talked about um, pretty extensively on the waiver wire show the other night. Um, so feel free to kind of jump around a little bit uh, to some players maybe we haven't talked about as much. Yeah, I, I will. I will mention real quick on a couple of the ones we did talk about. Jeremy Pena. I finally caught up to you. I moved him up. I had had him pretty low, so he's up like two hundred spots combined. Um, but yeah, there's there's some guys that we've we've bumped up and then bumped down. You know, some of the closers uh, like we were Hansel Robles. You know, picked up a save the other night, and then that 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 uh, that Boston bullpen. It's kind of hard to say how that's going to shake out, especially when Barnes comes back. So we moved him up, but like I see. Um, I have him a little bit lower than you. Uh, Josh Stalmont. Stalmont? He got he picked up a save, and then I think Scott Barlow got the most recent one. So that seems like a full blown committee. But even still, uh, we we he's on the board, right? I I don't think we even had him ranked. So we moved him up to kind of in the two fifty to three hundred range. So he's up. Um, those are just like a couple closers I kind of wanted to mention who weren't on our list before or in the waiver show. Yeah, I mean, ranking closers, <laughs> it's like dealing, <laughs> like following closers nowadays is hard enough as it is. I, you know, I used to write the closer report over at Fantasy Pros. Thankfully, this mm-hmm. year I'm doing waiver wire instead, which is a much cushier uh, gig <laughs> uh, because <laughs> keeping track of those closers is a real pain in the butt sometimes, uh, especially <laughs> in the modern game. It's just gotten more and more absurd with these committees. And, uh, Trying to do that, trying to keep track of that's hard enough, but trying to trying to ter- translate that into rest of season value is even more complicated. So uh, I found that I've been moving some of these relievers just up and down my rankings multiple times each week based on whoever, you know, looks like yeah. the, the head of the committee at any given time. And it's um, it's it's a tricky business. Basically, what I have in my rankings is kind of little pockets of relief pitchers. So if a guy mm-hmm. gets a save, maybe he'll jump up a tier into the next pocket of relievers, which might be moving up 50 spots or something like that, you know? And then if a different guy gets a save, then then that, that first guy gets moved right back down 50 spots. So uh, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not an exact science, I guess you could say. Um, but I also yeah. did notice that you have caught up to me on Merrill Kelly. You you didn't sound very excited about Merrill Kelly when we <laughs> talked to him talked about him on Monday, but now you actually have him ranked eight spots ahead of me. Yeah, look at that. I know we both have him in our top two hundred, and I was surprised to see that as well today. But you know, like you talk about moving guys into pockets, and you start you start creating the, these little mini tiers and guys, and so he's he's right in there. Um, I. I don't have, yeah, I have to bounce around and look and see where I have him in my rankings. But, you know, there's certain guys that he's he's now had, I think he's now had three starts, hasn't he? Um, yes. To jump around and find Merrill Kelly. He's, he's had, you know, three quality starts, so I had to keep moving him up. So with the younger guys getting two good starts, I get excited about him. Maybe with an older guy like Merrill Kelly, it just took one more for me. <laughs> yeah, and we both <laughs> are sticking with um, Tyler McGill as well, even though. 
uh, his last start was uh, a little bit rougher <laughs> than the first yeah. two. But I still think all the reasons that we were high on him apply, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bail after one uh, rough start, which wasn't a, like a full blown disaster anyway. Yeah, well, one one pitcher who we didn't have in our rankings who who looked good today against my Orioles, which isn't hard to do. Uh, those guys strike out a lot, but uh, Paul Blackburn. So he's in our top three hundred now. So he's had he's also had three starts and he's pitched five innings, five solid innings in each. Um, so he's not really you know super flashy and not getting a ton of strikeouts. But Paul Blackburn's a guy, and I should also say he's not playing for a great team. But he's got a couple wins. Hey, they didn't they just three. did they just like sweep your Orioles or something? Or they they almost? I mean, did. who doesn't? <laughs> well, I think they're. O- I mean, they're over five hundred so far. Soon they might have more wins than fans in their uh, stadium. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I mean, that was on- that was uncalled for. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, like teams like Oakland and Baltimore, if you're if you're above five hundred, you're you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to rant on this too long, but I, uh, you know, I think being a fan. Like you can be a loyal fan to your team and not show up to the park when they're when they're giving you uh, trash when they're not signing anyone yeah. when they're letting their own star players leave constantly. Um, sure, you know as long as you're not rooting for another team, you know jumping on the bandwagon of whatever team is is hot at the at the particular time. Um, it's okay, you know. There's there's ways to uh, you have to you have to protest your own team sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a Browns fan, so I mean, you're you know that they throw the paper bags on the head and, and do all that even in person. Yeah. Although the thing that drove me about <laughs> drove me crazy about when the Browns moved is that they uh, they they had great attendance all the time. It was it was right. that they didn't it was that their politicians didn't build a new stadium for the for Art Modell. That was the issue. It wasn't wasn't a lack of yeah. attendance. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I speaking <laughs> of Cleveland, Owen Miller. I I am sticking with him too. I, I know he's now on the COVID list, and it's mm-hmm. with these COVID things, we never know exactly how long those guys are going to be sidelined for. But I'm in, I've been impressed enough with his start. I mean, even even though you know his he's not going to hit 500. Obviously, his peripherals do support a 300 plus batting average so far. And I don't know what's going on with that Cleveland team, but they're just they continue to just score runs like nobody's business. I mean the the person in first place in uh, in my league so far is the person who has the most Guardians in their lineup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Owen Owen Miller, we have him where I think you have him in the top two hundred. I don't ha- quite have him there, but yeah, he's 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 hitting he's hitting well. And when he gets back from the COVID list, I mean that could be. We're seeing a lot of those are pretty quick turnarounds, so hopefully his is as yeah, well. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't drop him just because he's on the COVID list. Um, and then Andrew Heaney was another one who kind of was jumping up and down the rankings for us this week um, because he looked yeah. really great. And um, and he's one, you know, like we talked about on the waiver wire show, there were underlying numbers that suggested that he was a pretty good pitcher, maybe a better pitcher uh, than his results would have indicated. Um, but then just as we were getting really excited about a potential Andrew Heaney breakout, uh, he landed on the IL with left shoulder discomfort, which is always, uh, something that sounds troubling cause you just don't know exactly what it is. Um, yep. the, the Dodgers are sounding pretty optimistic that it won't be a long-term injury, but, uh, it is an arm injury. So just for that reason, I'm, I'm a little more cautious now. So I had to kind of pump the brakes on him a little bit. It looks like you did as well. 
Yeah, well, neither one of us pumped the brakes too much on uh, Jesus Luzardo. You know, he looked great in his first start, and then his second one was a little more pedestrian. You know, he came back down to earth, but we still have him in our top 200. Um, but he's moved up quite a bit since our last uh, ranking, official rankings update because of that initial start. But I was just looking at Yahoo, and I was trying to find some, like, one-for-one -one trades that, like, someone like Luzardo is, you know, going in now. And these are all, you know, trades in Yahoo leagues that ha happened today. Luzardo straight up for Mark Melanson or Corey Knebel. So closers who have have the gigs. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Jesus Luzardo straight up for Merrill Kelly, who we just uh, talked about. So who would you rather have between Luzardo and Kelly, do you think? Honestly, I think I would rather... It's close, but I think I'd rather have Kelly. Yeah. Um, I just... I sort of trust Kelly more. Uh, I think Luzardo has more upside, but he also has a lot more downside in my opinion. Um, like we talked about with Kelly, like he's been a decent pitcher his whole career. He just hasn't been, he hasn't had that breakout, you know, but uh, it seems like he could be having the breakout this year, but the floor for him is still like, he's not going to, he's not going to single-handedly destroy your whip for a month. You know what I mean? Or, or your ERA. Yeah. And with Lazardo, I still feel like there is that, that risk um but there's also like ace potential with him so it's a tough one but i i, I just yeah. right now if you ask me today i'm gonna take merrill kelly how about you here yeah i think i think i might i think i'd probably go lizardo just for that upside like what we saw in that first start um but it is very close another one i wanted to ask you about that i see here that i think it's also interesting is jesus lizardo and tommy edmund as kind of a maybe a throw in but he's also looking pretty good to start the season for lucas giolito who has been? Who's had that injury? But I, the latest news I saw on him, he might pitch Sunday. Yeah. So he he might be right back, and if he's healthy, I mean, I think I think I'd want the Giolito side there in right? a slam dunk. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not that's that one's not close for me. I I think <laughs> yeah. I was very very high on Giolito coming into the season. I think you were as well. And yeah, uh, the fact that this IL stint was such a nothing burger, such a short term. Uh, sideline um it's i'm right back in on him yep all right well we can we can move off of that i thought it might be interesting to look at a couple trades there i noticed you have Corey kluber uh pretty high up you bumped him up after his maybe his latest start i still have him around 300 but uh you ranked him up at 165 yeah i think you need to jump on the Corey kluber bandwagon <laughs> i uh you know <laughs> I sort of just, it's like, I think I think you were kind of joking about it a little bit about my team, how I had drafted all these old and injured guys. And yeah, <laughs> it seems to be working out pretty well so far. In that league, I think I have like a, an ERA of like 2.05 and a whip of 0 0.84 so far with my rotation yeah. of, of uh, you know, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Verlander. Zach Gallen, and Corey Kluber, and Carlos Carrasco. It's it's the old yeah. man brigade, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. You know, Kluber obviously used to be a total stud, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm not ready to say that he's that yet. But um, but he's pitching very well so far. I mean, it's only been it's only been two starts, so we'll have to see how he does. I think he's facing Boston tomorrow, so that's going to be an interesting test for him maybe i'm a little too high on him so far just based on uh the limited work but the thing is he wasn't so bad last season either i mean 16 starts with a 383 era uh 9.23 k per nine and uh even the whip i mean it was a, it was a bit high at 134 but it you know it, 
they were serviceable numbers. Um, and he hadn't really pitched much at all the two years before that. So, uh, really, we've we've never really seen bad Corey Kluber. You know, I mean, it's kind of that he pitched thirty five innings in twenty nineteen that weren't so hot, but other than that, he's always been good. Um, so, I I kind of feel like with him, maybe the issue is more about longevity and health than it is about uh, performance when he's when he's on the field. And and he's he's good to go right now. Yeah, well, that's kind of the story of that rotation you've got in that league. I mean, those guys are all doing well. They're healthy. So we'll, we'll have to check back in in a month and see if those guys are having some some stiff backs and necks and, <laughs> and all those types of things. But uh, Gavin Gavin Lux is a guy who's been dealing with a little bit of back stiffness uh, as well, and he's missed the last couple games. But See, um, it happens to young guys both, too. It does. That's right. We both moved him up. He's around like kind of the 200 area, kind of top 200 for us. So... He's been off to a hot start. He was a guy in the preseason that his, you know, ranking was all over the place, right? Because there was the Freddie Freeman trade and there were, I don't know, there were just all these things where, the, oh, the A.J. Pollock. So, like, his playing time kind of, before the season started, it was like, is he going to have a full-time gig? And then turns out he, he he does. And so you want you want a piece of that Dodger lineup. So we moved him up collectively about 100 spots. So I think Gavin Lux is a nice player to have who's, Second base, shortstop, and outfielder. Eligible. Yeah, I was extremely high on Gavin Lux heading into last season, um, and he disappointed me quite a bit. I was really thinking that he was going to be a post hype sleeper uh, in mm-hmm. 2021, but maybe it, maybe he's going to be a post hype sleeper in 2022. Uh, maybe a post post hype sleeper. Um, I mean, he's still only 24 years old, like you said. Great offense. Uh, I'm interested. Also, he's already stolen two bases, so uh, if he's mm-hmm. gonna if he's going to chip in some steals, you know, he did steal 27 bases back in 2017 in a ball, uh, and, uh, you know, 13 in 2018. So 10 and 20, uh, no 12 in 2019. So he's had some like double digit steal seasons in the minors. Uh, so getting those quick two steals makes me feel like maybe we'll get that double digits this season, which would be a nice little boost to his value. Yeah, and you know, the post-post hype sleeper, you know, you, you kind of said it tongue-in-cheek a little bit maybe, but that's a, I mean, in baseball, like a lot of guys takes time to develop, you know, whereas in football, it's like now, if you're a if you're a rookie and a, a wide receiver, people expect you to, you know, produce, and then by year two, if you're not a stud, it's like, well, this guy's a bum, you know, and so like you have post-hype sleepers in football, but you definitely don't have post-post hype, but in baseball, you, you certainly do, I mean... Former first-round pick, Gavin Lux, absolutely could be, you know, finally coming around here. Yeah, I think we just, as fantasy managers, got a little bit spoiled by some of these superstar guys that just came in and immediately were incredible. You know, the Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Juan Soto type of players. But those guys are the exceptions to the rule. You know, I mean, there's a if you look at a lot of the the good players in 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 fantasy, like a lot of the top fifty guys. It took him a few years to get there. So, yeah, it's, writing a guy off at 24 would, would definitely be a mistake. And, <laughs> stri- you know, strategically, what I like to do in drafts is I like to draft a lot of these post-type sleeper guys because the, the cost of acquiring those guys is a lot less than it is for, like, the hot rookie of the moment. So um, I do like, you know, to take a chance on the rookie players when I get when, when I can as well. But, um, but the post-type guys are, I, I tend to load up on. Yeah, and uh, just talking about rookies, he's not in the bigs yet, but Nolan Gorman has been smashing in the minors, and we got him in in our rankings this uh, this week. Uh, I need to bump him up a little bit more because it's like I see you got him like in your top three hundred because 
if he comes up, I mean, I just mentioned uh, Tommy Edmond is playing well, but I think I think the Cardinals will find a way to get this guy up in the lineup if he just continues to do what he's doing in the minors. Yeah, so. I would think so. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's gonna every year. There's one guy in the minors. It feels like who just like forces the issue with just mm-hmm. huge numbers. And right now, it seems like uh, Nolan Gorman could be that guy. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see where where he would slot in in that Cardinals lineup. Uh, I did think Edmund would be the odd man out, but uh, but he's off to a nice start. Um, but with the DH and everything, there's some flexibility there. I know Albert Pujols is also off to a decent start himself. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but you remember that bet I made, right? Oh yeah, twenty one twenty one homers. He was, uh, I think it was ten to one. You know to. To, I think to hit 700, I believe, was the career mark he's going for this How year. How many does so. he have so far? I think he just has two. But, I mean, you know, if he can stay healthy. Uh, he's on pace you know, if he's fine got pace. two. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping an eye on that. Absolutely. One. <laughs> uh, so another guy um, that moved up, you know, we we, t- we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, the whole Tyler Wade, Taylor Ward thing. Uh, Taylor yep. Ward is the one I'm more interested in of the two. I know Tyler Wade brings that. Tommy Edmond esque stolen base potential to the table, but um, but I feel like uh, Ward is the guy who could be a, a more uh, impressive all around player. And I go back and look at what he did in AAA in 2019. He hit 306 with 27 homers and 11 steals, 102 runs scored in only 106 games, uh, and that that prompted him to get a call up um, to LA. Uh, where he struggled. He struggled in a brief mm-hmm. cup of coffee in 2018 with with the Angels. Uh, he struggled in a brief cup of coffee in 2019 with the Angels. Uh, 2020, he actually held his own, hit 277, um, but just no power and no speed. So it was wasn't a lot to get excited about. But uh, some some of these guys, they're these late bloomers, you know, and. Uh, it seems like that that skill set should still be in there somewhere for him. So he's off to a nice start. He's hitting 316 uh, with a homer and a steal through 24 plate appearances. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious where, where that can go. I mean, I, I still do like Joe Adele, but it seems like uh, Ward might be eventually, you know, kind of pushing Adele out of playing time here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this all shakes out because we also ranked um, Brandon Marsh. You know, in our in our um, rankings this week, uh, Mike Trout was dealing with a little bit of injury, and so he's back. So that lineup, they're getting some guys in. Um, again, the Tyler Wade, like I actually ranked Wade above Ward because uh, we talked about him, I guess, on Monday night. Um, I like like I like that flexibility and like the stolen base upside. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out with this this crew. Um, Taylor Ward just really hasn't gotten a shot. If you look at like how many games he's played in the majors here and there each year. Uh, be interesting to see if he if he goes back down or if he sticks around or if if it's Marsh if it's if it's uh, Wade sorry Ward Wade good grief yeah right <laughs> um, got a couple other closers real quick and then maybe we can go down to some shakers uh, I noticed Emilio Pagan got a save uh, today for Minnesota and uh, I saw you also added Danny Jimenez for Oakland who is looking more and more potentially like the closer there maybe <laughs> I don't know AJ Puck is back but he threw the seventh inning last night. And then I think you said Danny Jimenez picked up the save today uh, against Baltimore, right? Yeah. So Lou Trevino yeah. is currently sidelined. I believe he's on the COVID list as well. 
Yeah, everybody's hitting the COVID list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Gosh. but the thing about that is, I I just don't know how established Lou Trevino really was right. as the A's closer anyway. So I feel like this is one situation where, I mean, you never want to see a guy get Wally pipped, but uh, I kind of feel like you could see if Danny Jimenez has a lot of success closing and uh, you know picks up a couple more before Trevino comes back. I could just see a situation where they just stick with uh, with Jimenez. You know, uh, Trevino is yeah. obviously not a long term <laughs> piece uh, for that team. N- not that any of these relievers you generally are, but uh, the only reason I could really see them sticking with Trevino is if they're trying to build up some trade value for him. But uh, I don't. I don't know. Jimenez looks pretty good so far. He's he's had a clean appearance in basically uh, every outing he's had so far. Yeah, uh, I lied. There are a couple other guys I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, Alex Verdugo, um, we've moved him up collectively 50 spots. He's in our, both of our top 200. He's in your top 150. He's a guy I was not that excited for um, to start the season, but you know he's looking good in the early going. And the other one I'll just mention real quick is Ronald Acuna, who obviously like bumped him up a few spots, but you know we knew once he came back we'd probably be bumping him up, but. He's already like swiped a bag in a in a game for uh, I think the Triple A team, so that's promising. I feel like the Braves, if he's looking healthy, he's stealing bases. Let's get him. Let's call him up. Let's not let him stay in the minors for two weeks. I think they'll just go ahead and pull him up. So I think I probably got him back into like my top five or six. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to do that. <laughs> do that with uh, yeah. him because I mean I was thinking about that too. It's it's sort of like he doesn't need much time to play catch up either, you know. So no, uh, I mean if he's gonna be like a top two or three guy the rest of the season like I don't really care that he's going to miss another week or two you know right um we'll have to see yeah the 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 stolen base is key because that's the thing I was like Mm -hmm. is he gonna run when he comes back that's the question absolutely it looks it looks promising so far and with Verdugo the the thing I like there is the launch angle is up it's at uh, 10.5 so far this season Mm -hmm. uh last year it was 7.7 which was actually the highest it, it had been since 2019 so it's kind of been trending up now uh, three years in a row it looks like um which could certainly help him uh you know reach maybe a new career high in home runs because he's he's never been a big home run hitter really um you know in 2019 you saw 12 homers in 106 games so you thought maybe he could get to 20 if the stars aligned uh but Mm -hmm. who knows uh you know he's still only 26 years old so he could still be growing into more power uh we know he he's got good batted ball skills like good batting average guy so and he chips in a little bit of speed here and there too like maybe a handful of steals so if the power can rise up to 20 to 25 home runs in that in that loaded red Sox offense i suddenly see a pretty impressive five category uh performer yeah absolutely anyone else you want to talk about in the movers or you want to Go down to the uh, the Shakers. Uh, we can we can move to the Shakers. That's fine. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can kick us off with a, a sad note here. And John Means, he's the guy who's fallen the most. And uh, I mean, I'm just I get I get like alerts on my phone for you know in like breaking news on Orioles and other teams that I follow. So I just keep waiting for the one that's John Means is out with Tommy John. Uh, you know, unf- I haven't seen it yet, but just Brandon Hyde just sounded like despondent <laughs> talking about him and. I don't know. It just seems like one of those things like where the writing is on the wall that he's just going to miss the rest of the season. Um, not official, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I definitely would not bother holding on to him. Uh, nope. 
I mean, if you have, you know, lots of IL spots and, and nowhere to put in them, go ahead. But uh, I don't think you can really expect a meaningful contribution from means in 2022. A couple outfielders uh, I want to talk about here. Michael Conforto. I mean, I, I still have not really heard anything about uh, him getting nope. signed. And we're now in late April here. So uh, time is running out for Michael Conforto to... Uh, get in, you know, a, a semi full season's worth of playing time. I mean, it, it seems very unlikely he's going to, you know, sign with a team and be up <laughs> in a week or two. Like we're now looking at maybe late May or something if he signs soon, or it could be, this could be a, a second half of the season kind of situation when it, maybe a yep. team needs a bat and they don't want to make a trade. So they, they sign him instead. Uh, but it's just it, right now it's uh it's really looking like you know I wouldn't bother rostering him certainly at this point no and you can't it's hard to stash him too cuz you can't plug him in that i that IL spot you know it's like Trevor Bowers the same way right now i just saw that they're in, in extending him a week on his you know indefinite suspension or whatever is going on there and like it seems like they're just going to keep dragging this on week after a week um i i actually stashed him in one league and I don't know. We'll see how long that drags on, but after a while, I might end up dropping him too. We'll see. Yeah, that's a tough situation because it's like once you've invested the pick, you're sort of like pot committed a little bit, and, and yeah. then it's like you're just like, how long will I hold out on this? But um, th- I mean, I do think there's a difference between Bauer and Conforto though, because um, Bauer is just—I mean—he's just a really dominant fantasy option when <laughs> when he's pitching. Yeah. So. Um, even if you got like three months out of Trevor Bauer, I still think that would be worth holding him for the, the first three months of the season. If you have, if you're in a league that has a decent number of bench spots, I mean, some of these leagues where people have like two or three bench spots, like you probably can't do it there. But, uh, if you're in a league, like with six, seven, eight bench spots, uh, I think it's worth using him or uh, holding him in one of them. Uh, another guy. This you know this one kind of killed me, but I had to drop Alex Kirilov down the rankings a lot this week uh, because he landed yeah. on the IL with a recurrence of that wrist injury. Um, I still have high hopes for him long term, but it is a little distressing that he um, is de- still dealing with wrist pain after having surgery uh, last season. Uh, the, you know, there, there's some optimistic noise coming out uh, of Minnesota now about his wrist and how he's kind of back. Uh, in um, in game action uh, on the side, just sort of uh, swinging the bat and feeling okay. Uh, and th- they're kind of describing it as almost like a pain tolerance issue. Like he has to just learn to deal with it. But I don't know if that – I mean, mm. he's a young player. He shouldn't have to deal with long permanent wrist pain, I wouldn't think. So uh, that's – Right. It's just a little concerning. Um, so I did move him down quite a bit. It, it seems like you've held on a little longer with him uh, than I have. A little yeah. bit. But what, but what you're saying is true. Like especially with with a young guy, it's like they're gonna they're gonna treat this delicately. If he has to have surgery or something to to fix an issue, they're gonna probably do that because they're looking at the long the long game here. This isn't a guy who's in his 30s who they're like we need a we need a, a body in here. Right. <laughs> this is like a, a franchise guy. So yeah, um, I might I might have to move him down a little bit too. Yeah. Um, I moved down Keston Hira quite a bit. I think you did too, like a hundred spots. He's just not getting the play in time. And Rowdy Telez is is actually looking. Looking pretty good. I, I guess they're platooning them a little bit since one's a righty, one's a lefty, but Telez is, is in there more often. 
than not, and, and Hura is uh, getting benched quite a bit. Yeah, he did smack a long three-run home run uh, yesterday, though, to remind you that if he does get the playing time, there's still a lot of intriguing <laughs> yeah. fantasy upside. But but yeah, for me, he's, he's, not striking he's, out. A, yeah. he's a watch list guy for sure right now. Um, yep. And then, you know, Oscar Hinoa was another kind of sleeper pitcher that I was a little bit excited about coming into this season, but uh, he just got mm-hmm. sent down. Um, had a rough uh, first couple outings, tr- struggled with walks, gave up a lot of runs. And uh, it's Atlanta, so they, they just always have uh, options in that rotation. So we'll probably yeah, see him and- again at some point this season. I, I wouldn't completely forget about him, but uh, certainly not a player you need to hold while he's down in the minors. Another guy who's, for the Braves who's struggling early is Eddie Rosario. He is just ice cold to start. But he's a kind of guy, if you look at his numbers year in, year out, like I've, I've kind of held strong a little bit. I, he's out of my top 200, but I just can't move him down but so far because I'm like, this is Eddie Rosario. He, every year he's so consistent, and I just, just, I just look at this as like a cold start. I think we'll look back. We'll be in May, and we'll be like, remember that cold April that Eddie Rosario had? It was literally cold. Like It's cold everywhere, it seems. Um, numbers are down, you know, home runs are down. Um, but Eddie Rosario is struggling, but I, I wouldn't drop him. Um, I, I suppose if you're like in a 10 team, three outfielder league, you probably could. There's, there's guys out there, but I'd hold on to Eddie Rosario. Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe I, maybe I, uh, should move him up a little bit. Um, I, I have him a little bit lower than you do. I, I, you know, the one thing I would say is because he's 30 years old and he's an outfielder, I'm not so sure that anyone's going to be rushing to pick him up if you do drop him. Uh, True. So it could be one of those things where uh, if you have a roster crunch or something like that, like I, I wouldn't be so afraid of dropping him. I mean, I think he's the kind of player that you can you can maybe pick back up once he, he starts showing some signs of life. Uh, or at the very least, you could find another player who can give you comparable production to him. So, um, so you know, if, you're, if you have to make one of those tough uh, roster decisions i don't totally hate uh dropping him but um let's see a couple other guys so jonathan vr i i know you you moved him way down or you had him way down I there i don't know but i, I moved him down yeah, a bit. yeah. I, i'm starting to move him back up a little bit because he's getting more playing time lately and he's doing pretty well with it or decently well with it anyway um i mean he started in seven of the last nine games so uh it does seem like he is is gradually um, working his way into nearly nearly every day at bats. Maybe not quite every day at bats, but uh, I I still really like the way his game translates um, for fantasy for roto and categories leagues. Even though so far he's hitting three ninety three with no homers or steals, so it's he's not giving you the things you expect, and he is giving you something you don't expect, <laughs> which is a yeah. little strange. But uh, he's still off to a hot start. He has position eligibility at three spots, so. Um, that's why I didn't bury him too far in my rankings. Yeah, you're you're right with the play in time. I just the not stealing a base yet really bothers me because he's getting up there in age too. Mm-hmm. So I'd expect to see you know some stolen bases. Like if you know if in this home stand against Pittsburgh we see him like have a game where he steals a couple bases. Like okay, I'll bump him back up. But I think until I see the stolen bases, I'm, that concerns me a little bit with VR. Those things come in bunches though. So <laughs> they do. <laughs> we'll, I know. We'll, right. We'll have to see. Very true. I know some like a lot of that can just be like if the cat, you know, the teams that you're playing and the catchers are really good and all that. There's a lot that factors into stolen bases, obviously, because he's getting on base. He's just not stealing. Exactly. 
I did yeah. want to ask you also about Hinjin Ryu because he, yeah, he's really looked rough so far. I mean, it's only been two two starts, but uh, I know he, you know it's just uh, it hasn't been good, and um, now he's on the IL too. Um, you know, it sounds like he could miss two or three starts, uh, and then I just I don't know. I know you were very high on him coming into the season. What? What's your what's your panic meter on uh, Ryu oh, at this point? I know my panic meter is like a seven or eight because obviously the the bad starts are one thing, but then the injury is a is a whole a whole other thing. So if I mean, who knows? Maybe the injury can be you know what what is going on with the bad starts, right? So maybe he needs to get a little bit healthy. But uh, he seemed okay in spring training. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how it shakes out uh, with the injury. But yeah, it's kind of the kind of a chicken and egg thing there with the. The rough outings and then the injury. I don't know if one led to the other, or which was the cause, but yeah, I'm panicking a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But I mean, we both ranked them kind of around like the 230 range, um, so we've we've moved them down quite a bit. But you know, I'm not going to move him much farther um, just yet. Yeah, I mean, he's he's you know knows how to pitch, and you figure yep. once he comes back, I don't know if he's going to be great, but I feel like he'll at least be okay. You know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then speaking of Blue Jays, to panic about Kevin Biggio. Oof. Oh yeah, drop I him. Mean, man, he's batting 063 with a 38.1 percent strikeout rate. He's still drawing <laughs> a lot of walks, so that's if you're in a walks only league, uh, that's pretty good. But I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, man. It's like Biggio and Glaber Torres. These two guys just always will remind me of each other because they. It just you you feel like there's so much potential there, uh, but it's just and they both got off to great or at least I mean Torres put together a better season than Biggio ever did, but I mean through his first couple seasons in Toronto, it looked like Biggio was at least going to be a a power speed combo guy who could maybe go twenty twenty in a good season, you know, and uh, now it's like is he even going to be a starter in the major leagues anymore? That's that's how I feel about him, and I'm, I'm looking over at our rankings of him. I actually moved him all the way down to like 400, so you've got him still at 266. He's one of the guys that I know. I know you're talking bad about him, so you obviously don't like him. You don't need to defend him, but if you look at my rankings versus yours, I have him way down. <laughs> yeah, I should move him down more. But that is an excellent segue there <laughs> to yes, the uh, other part of our show, which is talking about those players uh, that we have big re- rankings differences on. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm not going to defend Kevin Biggio. I think I should just move him, move yeah. him down my rankings more. <laughs> I don't, ex- I don't, ex- I don't expect you to defend him. Not after talking so badly. About yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> but how about Luis Severino? Um, I have him okay. quite a bit yeah. higher than you do. Uh, I know, I mean, with pitchers, it's hard to read too much into two or three starts. You know what I mean? Um, but right. I, I really like the upside with Severino and, uh, he's been good so far. I mean, 13 innings, 9.69 K per nine, uh, 208 ERA. Uh, it, it's just, uh, there's, there's a lot of upside here and uh, I'm wondering why, uh, you're not, you're not buying into him. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking, I guess he had, uh, I guess he had like a little bit of a, a rough first start, but then yeah, his last two, he's looked good. Um, I guess, um, yeah, maybe I need to look at, at moving him up a little bit because, He's got he got the win against Toronto. Uh, he had a he didn't have a decision I guess at Detroit, but yeah, his last two games he's he's thrown five innings. Um, 
Yeah, his whip is pretty low. The the K's aren't, you know, knocking any anybody blowing anybody away, including me, but yeah, um maybe I need to look at, at moving him up a little bit. So Well he gets your Orioles in his next start too, so that that Ooh, that's yeah. always a good thing. <laughs> I tell you what, like I don't play DFS like for baseball. I do I've started to a little bit in football. But man, I would just if I did play baseball DFS, that's what I would just, just be pick on the Orioles all the, time. the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, I mean like you would think you could pick on like the A's or the Guardians or something, but no, I mean like they're doing okay. The Orioles, I would absolutely pick yeah. on. <laughs> All right, so I guess I need to scroll and find someone of my own. Huh? Sure. I, I remember last time we talked about this. Like I was breaking all the rules. I know it, it's very simple. You want me to you want me to pick guys that I'm higher on than you and defend them, right? Yeah. Pretty easy. <laughs> all right, let me let me find someone. Or here. no, you gotta ask me to defend my low ranking of them. Is it see see now I'm confused. You pick a guy that right. you're high on and you tell me you you have to be like Andrew, why go. are you so low on this guy? What is the yeah. deal with that ranking? <laughs> What's the deal with grape nuts? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, well, the guy that I guess I'm the highest on versus you is Josiah Gray. So I have him all the way up at 233, and you have him down at 394. So, uh, Andrew, what gives with Josiah Gray? <laughs> well, why don't you make a case for him first? Well, that wasn't part of the you rules. You can. No, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Let me let me let me pull him up here because he, you know, this is again this is again one of those uh, one of those guys where in the preseason I kind of liked him and and he's had uh, <clears throat> he had a, he had a little bit of a rough first start as well. He lost to the Mets uh, seven to three. You know, he gave up he gave up quite a few runs, but then he settled down at Atlanta. He picked up a win, had five Ks, didn't give up any earned runs, and then he got the win. In a doubleheader against against the Diamondbacks, so his last two adding, outings, he's looked really sharp, and his WHIP has been under one. So that that first start against the Mets, I've kind of like wiped out of my memory, and I'm just looking at a guy who, you know, came over from the from the Dodgers. I forget what the trade was now off the top of my head, but I Wasn't remember it the Trey Turner trade. <laughs> oh, maybe it yeah. was or Kieber uh, yeah, Ruiz as well, yeah, or the the, the Scherzer. I can't remember because there were a couple of them, right? Because Scherzer went over. But anyway, I have to look it up. <laughs> But Josiah Gray is a guy who you know has a good good pedigree. They were in. The, it was you know, all he, the same trade, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. I like him. He's off to a hot start. Really, if you just look at like if you kind of wipe clean like that first rough outing, and then the last two, he's looking good. So yeah, I, I've I've moved him up. Quite yeah, a bit. I guess I should move him up a little bit. I mean, he he is an exciting young arm. He's still only twenty four. Uh, he's missed a lot of bats in the minor leagues. Uh, I worry a little bit about the walk rate. Um, you know he walked uh, over f- well over four batters per nine last season. Uh, he's up over four per nine so far this year as well. So uh, that's kind of playing with fire in my opinion. He's also kind of struggled um, in terms of the home run ball at times. Uh, but yeah, I mean there's a lot of potential there certainly, and he's going to have an extended opportunity in Washington because they're they're rebuilding around their young players. So they're they're going to give him the opportunity to. Uh, sink or swim I guess you could say and uh and yeah I mean these these young arms are exciting I just you know the win potential obviously isn't likely mm-hmm. to be great although he already does have two so far this season but I I will move him up a little bit all right well, I'll move Severino up okay a it's bit. a deal it's a deal <laughs> uh let's see who else are you too low on um a lot of these guys we've talked about before uh and Let's see. How about 
Connor Joe. Come on, man. Oh, man. 191. I even moved him up. You yeah. need to move I mean, him. I even... You need to move him up more. <laughs> I mean, I already moved him up quite a bit. Like, he's a... Connor Joe is a guy that... I don't, do you remember if you had him like in our top, in your top 400 preseason? Because I feel like he's we've just kind of added him. You might. Have. I was I yeah. I, I was uh, I I'd have to go back and look exactly what I how I had where I had him, but he was definitely a guy on my radar coming into the year. Yeah, I mean, I think getting him in the top 200 for me, like I I'm I'm trying to you know it, it's a it's a very different game. Like we've talked about this before than doing rest of season rings for po- football because with football it's a short season. You kind of have to knee jerk a little bit. When guys get opportunities as running backs and different things like that, you bump them way up. With baseball, I'm trying to be a little bit patient and, uh, I guess, uh, conservative when it comes to moving guys too far up. So I've done it a little bit with some pitchers. With hitters, I've done it a little less so because a hot start could just be a hot start. But I do like that he plays in cores. I mean, that's great. He's getting the play in time. So I, I will say this. I will continue to move him up. If he, you know, continues to produce, that's kind of how I'm, I'm approaching it. Okay, fair enough. I just, I feel like the cores advantage is only going to become a bigger issue as it warms up because it's it's been cold so that's far. True. So uh, you're not fully going to get the cores. He actually has been better on the road so far than at home, although he's been really good both places. To be fair, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. I just see I see him as a guy who can hit for a pretty high average while also giving you decent power. Right. I think his power is uh, is in in Colorado. I think he can definitely top twenty homers and uh, doing that with a very high batting average and a lot of RBIs. So um, I'm 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 pretty much all aboard the the Connor Joe Express right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's basically played what like half a season in the majors though to this to this point. So I'm just a little reluctant to to move him up too high. Just yeah, yet. that's I'm fair. looking at yeah. So, I, you know, hot, could be a hot start, could be, you know, show, you know, could be things to come. I was just kind of into him even before the season, so it's it's almost like confirmation bias for me, you know. Exactly. That's what that's what a lot of this is. I mean, if Alejandro Kirk starts, you know, smashing home runs, you're going to move him up even more, aren't you? Oh yeah, cuz I refuse to move him <laughs> down even though he's struggled. <laughs> uh, all right. Every every time this uh this spreadsheet keeps refreshing on me, but I'll I'll find another guy here. Um <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Uh, so I'm not going to talk about Anthony Santander again. Don't worry. Wait, I want to ask you um, about somebody, actually. How about Lance Lynn? You, you still have him at 105. I yeah, mean, that's that's, a that's good, bold, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, if you're – so I have him and Chris Sale kind of in the same area, uh, like and Fernando Tatis, for that matter. Uh, I kind of – after the top 100, I kind of have those guys sort of all lumped together. And then I have Degrom, you know, a bit further down. If we're talking about sort of these guys with these long, ter- longer term injuries, um, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to gauge, right? Like wh- where a guy should be. I mean, I'm I'm expecting Lance Lynn to come back in six weeks, right? Um, it's a knee issue. Uh, it's not an arm issue like Degrom that worries me a lot. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm just looking for them to get him healthy get him back out there and then he'll just be back to his usual self which his usual self has been really good and he's he, he's been a workhorse and it, it's not like it's not like it's, it's an arm issue like I said so <clears throat> as long as he's getting healthy and doing the rehab I just expect him to kind of come right back in and pick up where he left off yeah I, I kind of I pretty much do as well although I guess I guess I wasn't quite as convinced as you were that he 
you know, it's it's more like is he going to be a top fifteen starter or top twenty five starter? I guess <laughs> once he comes back, sort of a thing. I yeah, you know, I wasn't quite as high on him as you were. I don't <laughs> think. Um, but I, it's sort of almost like a math problem <laughs> at this point. It's like it is. if he's going to miss <laughs> the first two months at plus. Um, and at this point, like you said, we're, we're looking at maybe early mid June as a return uh, date for him. So, right. I, I, you know, I don't know how high I would have had him even if he, even if he was healthy. Now, I, I probably would have him, you know, maybe around fifty or something like that, um, sixty somewhere in there. Right. So, uh, one hundred five to me, given we know he's going to be <laughs> out for six weeks, feels high. Yeah, and and his teammate Yohan Moncada. Same deal. I've got him like around my top 100. Same same area. You've got him around 200. So, yeah, this is a little bit of a math problem, which um, I have not sat down and done the calculus on. <laughs> it's more of a <laughs> put my finger in the air and figure out where I want to put these guys. Yeah. And but, it's more of like a if I were to if I were to like draft again today, where would I feel comfortable kind of taking these guys? That that's some of the gut feel too, and where I have these guys as these injuries. That's some of the at least the thought process for me. Yeah. I mean, with Mankata, it's a little different for me. Cause I just also, I'm just not that high on the player generally. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, I think I expressed some of my concern about him when we, when we did our third base preview, uh, I was lower on him yeah. than you at, at that time before he was hurt. So, um, those, you know, my concerns about him, not really standing out in any particular area and potentially being a batting average liability, et cetera. Um, those those still hold, so you add injury on top of it, and I'm just kind of fully out at that point. Yeah, he's gonna have a hard time stealing. What was it, 50 bases that he said he was gonna yeah, do? Right. Someone asked him about if he doesn't get on the field. <laughs> I actually am kicking myself because I think I moved him up a little bit based on that blurb, and I wish I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right, that was like right before yeah. opening day, I recall, and then he like got hurt right before opening day. It, it was like, yep. it was one of those things where you didn't have a time to uh, readjust the rankings. So you're you're still holding steady with some of your guys, Alejandro Kirk. I see Glaber Torres, who we just mentioned as well, just in passing. Um, I actually lowered Riley Green a bit. I know he was another guy you liked in the preseason, but that's a guy who is. I think he had like a fractured foot, so he's gonna like come back once he gets healthy and then be in the minors. And I just I just wonder at that point in the season. There's talk about a math problem. I mean, like who knows where the Tigers will be. Um, like what if they're doing really well and they don't need him to come up? Uh, I just don't know that he's going to just like come up right away. I mean, there was talk in the, in the in spring training that like he was ready and they were going to bring him up, but I just wonder if that might change in two months. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just feel like with my ranking of him at 269, it's sort of like at that, at that point, you're not really banking on anything. It's just, the, it's, it's the upside, the potential the potential yeah. that he could be a real difference maker for two months or something like that towards the end of the season. I, to me, that's enough to justify putting him in that, in that area. Um, I got you. Yeah. How about Zach Allen? You're, you're not, you're not buying in on Zach Allen yet. Oh, I was like, where do I have him? No, you know, I, I'll have to pull him up. But when I looked at him earlier today, I feel like he just hasn't even had many long outings. Has he even thrown more than five innings? Well, he's yet? only, he, He's only had one start so far because <laughs> he. Oh, he, he has. He, maybe, um, well, maybe that's. Yeah, because he didn't start uh, at, at the beginning of the like they were. He was kind of a little behind in spring training, so they they had him like pitch in their fourth or fifth time through the rotation, and it, they just haven't gotten back around to him yet. So 
that's how early in the season we are. I mean, he's only had one <laughs> yeah. one start so far. He's he's gonna be uh, pitching tomorrow against the Mets. Okay, so we'll see. But so, I just I just like the pitcher, so I'm I feel like uh, you know I feel like when he's healthy, he's good, and he seems to be healthy now. Yeah. So let's see. He pitched. Okay, so he pitched on the he pitched on the sixteenth. Um, okay, that makes sense. I mean, I was thinking, yeah, he just got a late start, so he pitched on the sixteenth. He threw four innings. I think I was looking at it maybe earlier and thinking, kind of questioning like how healthy is Zach Gallen? But yeah, I think I might just need to see another another outing from him. But uh, I will likely move him up if he looks good tomorrow. Nice. Oh, I do want to ask you about one other guy that just got dropped in my league, and I'm thinking about putting Ooh. a claim in for him because I'm a fan. <laughs> okay. but he's off to an atrociously bad start uh, and that's Dansby Swanson uh, and I am oh yeah I am quite a bit higher on him than you are at this point so I don't know if that's just I don't know if you've moved him a lot or if that's just kind of where you always have him <laughs> but um, I don't know I really like what he did last season it was pretty impressive and uh, it was pretty impressive what he did in 2020 as well um, so I, I don't know I feel like this guy's a good player. I mean, he was good in 2019 also. He's just constantly been a pretty good player and I'm not, you know, he's clearly a mess at the at the dish right now. 41.5% yeah. strikeout rate, 143 <laughs> batting average. But it's 53 plate appearances. You know, it's a great offense to be in. I feel like this he's 28 years old. He's in the prime of his career. Like this is you talked about Eddie Rosario. I mean, to me, Dansby Swanson is a great example of a guy that's just—he's gonna be what he what he usually is. It's just a matter of time. Yep, and uh, I actually have those two kind of right around each other. So I think part of it is what you said. I had Dansby Swanson a little bit lower to begin with, just with so many good shortstops. Uh, I mean, but you're right—he's the former number one overall pick, and he's had some good seasons. I just think that some of that number one overall pick and what he can really do is he can flash the leather. You know, he's a he's a great defensive shortstop, and obviously those don't, you know, could convert over to fantasy. And so I, I just look at him a little bit. I have him a little bit lower. I did not move him down a ton, I think, from last week to this week. But as I was moving people around, he might have fallen 10 or 15 spots, you know, something like that for me, just naturally looking at the slow start. But I'm, I'm not like – he's not like tumbling down my rankings. Yeah, I mean, I just – he had 27 homers and stole nine bases last year. You know, he's never struck out more than 27% of the time. So he's not like a huge batting average liability guy. Like he probably hits around 250 most. I mean, he's a career 247 hitter, you know. Um, so maybe the 27 home runs he hit last year were on the high end of what he, what you can expect. Although he hit 10 in 60 games in, tw in 2020. So you know, over his last over 120 games from the start of 2020 to the end of 2021, 37 homers in, in 220 games. That's a lot of homers. You know, um, the like getting right around 10 steals each season. Uh, I just I think he's sneaky valuable. Um, and I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overrate this uh, this start. Yeah, well, I mean, you know your league, and everyone knows you know your league but i think this also is a little bit of a testament to how deep the shortstop position is if someone's dropping dansby swanson you know maybe they already have a really good shortstop maybe they have two good shortstops and they're just kind of like well i'll just drop him someone will probably pick him up which you're thinking about which i think you should i mean if someone drops dansby if someone dropped Dan, dansby swanson in my league i would consider it as well um depending on my situation so, yeah and this is a league not, where i have yeah. francisco lindor so 
I, you know, I don't really. He's uh, off to a really hot yeah, start. Yeah, we should actually talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> I moved him up. I, I did. Like, you know, we in our movers and shakers, we look at guys who have moved like way up or way down. And that's why I mentioned Acuna because I knew we weren't going to like get to him. But Lindor, I moved him up a bunch. I, I probably moved him up 20 spots. So did I. Is, I have him. Which is a lot. I have him up to number 20 overall now. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I don't know. Where do I have 37. Him? I think I must have. 37. Yeah. yeah, so. But I must have had him way down preseason. Yeah, I think you and I, I both moved him up about 20 spots. It's just I yeah. started from a higher spot. Yep, absolutely. Um, anyone else you want to get into? We've got a lot of a lot of guys here. but I, I will also mention, um, this isn't like a huge ranking difference or anything, but Kevin Gosman, who you know is a guy that I was high on coming into the season, and he got off to mm-hmm. a little bit of a rough start. Uh, but he was excellent today. Um Eight innings, one run allowed, eight Ks, and a win against at Fenway Park against the Red Sox. So that's pretty impressive. That's he, I still think Kevin Gosman is going to end up having uh, quite a good season. Yep, no, it's a good one. Yep. Okay, I think I think we've covered some good ground here. Uh, we can call it Absolutely. a wrap. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to the show. Uh, please do follow uh the the work we're putting up at rosrankings.com uh bard actually put a football article up there uh that's right uh, the other day <laughs> so if you want to uh see what each nfl team is looking to do um what what their needs might be heading as we head into the nfl draft uh check out that article that bard did it's uh it's very extensive good stuff and Thanks, um you can uh follow me on twitter at andrew underscore Seifter. And you can follow me on Twitter at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.